Welcome, everyone, to this Sunday edition of BAMS Radio. I'm Drew DeArmond, uh, your co-host. We're here to talk some Crimson Tide football after the University of Alabama dropped their second game of the year. Once again, in heartbreaking fashion, 32-31 to 31 in Red Stick and Baton Rouge. Only the second loss in Baton Rouge during Nick Saban's tenure with the Crimson Tide. Uh, and really, uh, after they had uh, won uh, the last two games handily in the series, well, they didn't win handily last year, but they still won the game. They won handily in 2020 during that national championship run. But we saw a 32-31 to 31 loss the University of Alabama. Once again, the same issues plaguing the Crimson Tide. Too many penalties, uh, not enough toughness on the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball, and just not enough killers on defense to finish. It was also Bryce Young's poorest game of the year, though. Uh, the, the magician still did enough for this Alabama team to win the game if the defense, you know, had a pulse. But uh, they weren't able to get five straight stops. Uh, they were given five leads, weren't able to close the door. Bryce Young, even in a poor game, 25 of 51, 328 yards, two touchdowns, uh, one interception that was costly because, again, uh, he was in the end zone, and Alabama looked like they were driving and was very balanced, looked like a very good opening drive, and then Bryce tried to force a ball into the end zone, and it was intercepted, thrown behind JoJo Earl. If it led Earl, it's probably going to be a touchdown, but that was some of the issues Bryce had on the night. Probably should have thrown it out of the back of the end zone. But, again, Alabama couldn't run the ball into the end, into the end zone. They tried to, uh, and because they're deficient on the interior of the offensive line, uh, and that's why they've been rotating guys all year at the guard spots. And then even Seth McLaughlin, who has been uh, the better option at center, uh, I, I thought to by a lot of people, including myself, because of his ability to get to the second level. He was exposed last night, some snap issues, also getting pushed back into Bryce Young, and the O-line did not do a very good job or unblocking on the interior. So some issues for this team. I, I'm calling for a third reset of Nick Saban's program. As I tweeted out uh, earlier last night, uh, he's had to, you know two resets in this program. He got rid of both coordinators after the 07 season with, uh, of course, uh, Major Applewhite and Kevin Steele elevating Kirby Smart for a 10-year run, bringing in Jim McElwain for a good four-year run, and Alabama went on to win uh, two, two national championships, and it set the stage for a third in 2012, even after Coach Mack left for a head coaching job. And then, of course, he reset in 20, after 2013 when he brought in Lane Kiffin on offense. This is probably going to be the third reset unless he doesn't have the energy or the want to to deal with NIL and then he could decide to retire. But that's up to Coach, and he's certainly earned the right to do that. Uh, he's the greatest of all time. But we'll see what happens uh, and what he wants to do. My suspicions is he will reset this program for a third time, and I think both coordinators need to uh, move on. I think Bill O'Brien is a good coordinator, not great. He's an NFL guy. He doesn't fit on the college game. And Pete Golding has had five years. He and Freddie Roach – have taken the physicality out of Alabama's defense. But we're going to talk about that and more with our guests and, of course, our usual co-hosts and, and uh, our compatriots, our trio, uh, with myself. It's going to be Thomas the Wizard Watts in the city of Mobile. Uh, he does a great job uh, keeping us on the air and does an, a really outstanding job of, with his analytical takes, being numbers and thoughts. Uh, and he, uh, he, he does a great job in production. And then William Redfish Barger, 
from 89 to 93, a national champion in 92 for the Crimson Tide, and someone that's still very closely associated with the program. William, uh, just to bring you in, very disappointing game last night. Um, I don't, I think, but I, I, unlike the Tennessee game, I'm not bringing up anything about officiating. Had nothing to do with it. Uh, you know, I know there's some people bringing up a block in the back on the touchdown for LSU late, but I, I'll just be honest. The way that game was going, they would have moved 15 yards back and still scored because Alabama couldn't get a stop when it mattered. So LSU won the game. I give big credit and big cojones to Brian Kelly for how he coached that game and going for it, the jugular and going for the win. And to, and uh, I just uh, I thought LSU outcoached Alabama and was the better team last night. No, you're absolutely right. LSU outcoached Alabama last night. Um, you know, I mean, Drew, I, I view what I saw last night on on television as a mercy killing. Um, it, it, it keeps this unit from having to go up against. Um, the, the the top playoff teams in the country and, and getting abused by them. I mean, I, I would like to see this team, you know, play um, Clemson a little bit, maybe to a lesser extent Michigan. Um, but beyond that, this team would get embarrassed uh, by double digits against any other college football team in the college football playoff picture. Um, it, it's just, you know, I'm going by, you know, things that I've, I've, I've heard and said from, you know, my, my, my teammates and, you know, it's just time to put this thing to bed. Um, it's over. It's a mercy killing. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, unless you can get a matchup with Clemson or maybe Michigan, nobody wants to see what's going to happen to, this Alabama football team going forward. And, and you know, can this Alabama football team dispatch Ole Miss at 2.30 Saturday? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a great point. I, I certainly am not ready for, to predict anything. I, I don't know how this team will react. I really don't. I, I, I think they could easily lose to Ole Miss uh, because they have nothing to play for now except for trying to win 10 games for the 15th straight year. And, and does that matter to these guys? No, I will say this. I think the team has played hard. I think they've continued to compete. But, William, I think you would agree with me. You can play hard and compete and be the worst four-letter word in football and be soft and lack toughness. And this team does. And the thing that just defined this team for me, and I know you probably remember the play, it was the fourth quarter. Alabama was up 21-17. to 17. They had LSU inside the 23rd and seven, and LSU ran the football for a 10 or 11 yards right up the middle, and it was a first down and goal. And then the next play, they threw the corner route to Jason Taylor. And, of course, Jordan Battle didn't make the play, and it was a touchdown. But it was kind of insulting. They knew they were in four-down mode, so they just thought they would run it and see what they could get, and Alabama couldn't stop it. And they gave up 180-plus rushing yards again because the defensive line and the rush defense is just not up to par against a, a good opponent. And that's what's got to change if Alabama's going to get back to being one of the elite. And you're right, I don't think Alabama would stand much of a chance against Georgia at all. Probably not much against Ohio State. Ohio State would probably still beat them. Uh, not, not even sure if Michigan wouldn't at this point in time, because Michigan can run the football. Michigan's a physical team. 
Alabama is not very physical right now. Uh, I do think that Clemson was a fraud, and I'm glad they got exposed. Their offense isn't very good, but they do have a quality defensive line. But you're right. I think Ole Miss is worse than LSU, and certainly they've got a lot of deficiencies on defense. But they can run the football, and if Alabama can't stop the run, Ole Miss could go for 300 yards on them Saturday. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens this Saturday versus Ole Miss, Drew. But, you know, I I think the bigger thing is this program, you know, the, the one that we both love, it's broken. And I, I'm looking for answers from you. I'm looking for answers from Thomas. I mean, I'm looking for answers from, you know, the, 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 the listeners that are listening to this show. But th- th- this is a bigger problem. Um, you know, if you're looking for answers for what happened last night versus LSU, we have to get to where this this answer comes from Nick Saban. And that's the only guy that can fix this problem. You know, can, can, can you think of a reason why, you know, Alabama's out of the, the playoff picture right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's they definitely got to come from coach. I mean they they their their coaching staff is not good enough on both sides of the ball, and I think for the first time since '07 they've got to have a, a change at both coordinators. Um, I think they need a change at defensive line coach. Um, they're certainly gonna. I think they need to move Coleman Hutzler to special teams and out out of the outside linebacker room and put Sal Sunseri back in it because I don't know about you, uh, William, but I didn't see any of uh, Derek Thomas Jr., a.k.a. Will Anderson, last night. Um, I didn't see him make any plays. I saw Dallas Turner make very few plays. Uh, and then uh, when, it, when it mattered most on that last drive, he went too far inside and then whiffed on the quarterback, and they score in one play in overtime. As Of course, Jalen Moody also whiffed, and he whiffed quite a bit last night. I thought the linebacker core as a whole was extremely pitiful. Uh, I didn't think they played very well, and I don't think Pete Golding has done a good job coaching them. I don't think he's done a good job coordinating the defense, at least not to the standard of a Jeremy Pruitt, who you know very well, or to a standard of a Kirby Smart, uh, or to even a Will Muschamp, who's worked for coach before. Uh, I think he's a drop-off. I mean, he's he's been there five years. He's been okay. He's been solid. I don't think he's terrible but he's not up to the standards of the University of Alabama. And I think it's time to make a change. Uh, you know, sometimes that you have to see things like this uh, and it has to continue to happen before what you just got through saying until, you know, it's broken. And I think it broke last night, uh, you know, and I think it was not teetering on that precipice for a while. But And this team could have really easily lost three or four games already, but they haven't. Uh, they have lost two very excruciatingly close games with better coaching that they could have won. Uh, I think uh, in, uh, Freddie Roach has missed too many too many times in recruiting, and he's not developing the current players he's got. Tim Smith has gone backwards. He's not nearly as disruptive as he was in 2020. Uh, we don't really see the D-line making plays. Jaheim Otis has flashed, but he's a true freshman uh, and really hasn't been ruined by Freddie Roach yet. 
So again, I just I think they're deficient in some areas. And Nick Saban, he's either gonna fix them, and I think he will, or if he if he wants to walk away, then he's earned that right. Uh, if he doesn't want to deal with NIL anymore, and if he doesn't want to reset this program, personally, I still think he does because he doesn't want to go out like this. And, you know, in other words, underachieving like this team has done. And I think they have. Uh, I think they should have been a playoff team. They should have won the Western Division. If they play to their capabilities, they're double digits better than LSU. But LSU has improved during the year while Alabama has either plateaued or regressed. And I think Alabama also, uh, you know, they, they, should have, they shouldn't have lost to Tennessee. T- yeah, I thought Jalen Hyatt called it right. They got dominated physically by Georgia because Georgia still plays with intensity and with piss and vinegar on defense. Alabama does not. And as Jalen Hyatt said, after he was held to six catches for 63 yards, yes, Georgia is a lot more physical than Alabama. There's no doubt about that. And that's the biggest shot. It's a crimson tide. And that's what Alabama has to get back to. They got to get back to their core, which is uh, dominating along each line of scrimmage and dictating to the other team whether they're going to run it and they're going to stop the run. They're going to make you pay when you try to run the football at them. And they're going to be able to rush the passer. And they're going to be feared because nobody fears Alabama anymore, uh, William. They've, they've gotten away from what made them great under Nick Saban in the last two to three years, especially once Sark left. And, you know, once they lost some great players off that 2020 team, it's, it's been a steady decline. Coach Saban has made some very poor hires before the 2021 season and before this season. And it's going to have to be rectified if he wants to stay among the elite because, as we've seen, you can be elite, but you can fall quickly if you make the wrong moves. Uh, Thomas, I mean, it's what what I'm saying is is that I just think Alabama has got to get back to their core, which is being physical along the line of scrimmage, both on the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, They've got to be able to stop the run, run the football, and dictate to other people what they're going to do. I don't regret them bringing in the Tua Tungvaluas and the Mac Jones and the uh, and certainly the Bryce Youngs. They have been great for this program, but in a lot of ways, I think Bill O'Brien has put too much on Bryce. He has to be, you know, basically the uh, just an absolute uh, wizard uh, and a Houdini to help this offense. And I just think when you think about that, uh, I I think that it's just too much. I think that. Uh, and I think the reason Bill O'Brien does it is he knows the O-line is weak on the interior, uh, and he knows that they have trouble moving people and running the football, and that's why a lot of their runs this year have been outside zone stuff. They don't run up the middle a lot because they don't have the people movers. And as you know, they've been rotating Booker at guard with, uh, you know, uh, with J.V. and Cohen and Emil Echior. And so, again, it's just one of those things where, they just lost their edge. They've got to do a better job in recruiting along the interior of the offensive line. Uh, and I think Wolford is on his way to fixing the O-line, but the hire last year of uh, Doug Marone really set this program back. And then Freddie Roach has had three years, 20, 21, and now this year. The D-line has lost their edge. They've gotten progressively worse every year. But my point is, is that Alabama's got to get back to where they can reload and, uh, and become more physical on the offensive and defensive lines. I know they want to throw the ball, and you have to showcase the skill guys, uh, Thomas, but the bottom line is, and I guess I'm just wanting your thoughts on it, is that Alabama's lost their edge, and when you give up 180-plus yards to Tennessee, my, the biggest damning thing is I went back, and, I, and, of course, I watched a lot of that Georgia-Tennessee game, 
but I, I'll check the stats after the game. Tennessee had 42 rushes for 94 yards, 2.2 a carry, and Hinton Hooker didn't even throw for 200 yards and an interception in the game, no touchdowns, and he got sacked numerous times and affected because, as I was saying on this show, I felt like Georgia would be the more aggressive team, much more aggressive than Alabama. And so I know it's Nick Saban's defense, but he needs somebody to implement it, and Pete Golding just isn't that guy. I think this game, Drew, was a microcosm of the Alabama season. Very complex defense, very complex offense. When it works, it's great. When it doesn't work, it's a disaster. And there's no in-between. I think that you are you need to see some staff changes. Honestly, I feel like we say this every year when Alabama suffers a loss. It's like, at some point, do you accept that things are too heavy? They're too complicated. And you know, I understand if it works, it's wonderful. But it's had a tendency to not work very consistently. The Alabama offense last year was extremely explosive and sort of kind of efficient, but not, not wonderful this year. Alabama maintains their explosiveness. They have almost no efficiency. If there isn't a big play, Alabama's not going to be able to consistently drive on a team that has near their talent. It just hasn't really played out that way. And you know, the thing that I, going back to your point about the edge, I think this needs to be said. I admit I was very frustrated last night, and I really – I kind of got up, had a cup of coffee, and was thinking about why I was so frustrated. And it's – my frustration is tied to this notion, and it's it's a feeling, and it, it probably doesn't match reality, but so help me if I can't help – if I can't feel this way. After that game, I had the impression that I was like – the only person in the organization, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm in this case, I'm talking about the fans, that the fans were more upset about the loss than anyone else because they put something into it. Um, I think this team has some cultural rot, and I think that this is one of those cases where you can't just change out one spare part. It's three or four or five things working concurrently that makes the whole thing break uh you know if you want to talk about what i want to see against Ole miss even though i frankly doubt it's going to happen but i want to come out and see feel like the team is all pulling the rope the same direction because i don't think that alabama has done that really this season it's been a whole lot of you know me ball in many cases and that's just not a winning formula for any team, whether it's Alabama or it's South Alabama down in my area. So I hope, you know, Nick Saban has rebuilt the program twice as the rules have changed around him. I like to think he'll do it again. But, you know, if you want to peek ahead to next season, just show me a team that I feel like they're playing for each other and they're all pulling the rope in the same way. Because right now, I don't see it, and that is the most frustrating part of this team, Drew. And just one more point, I have particular egg on my face because I thought this team was going to be transcendent. They are so, 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 so talented. It's unreal. And they never could put it together. 
And, you know, that's really a black mark on the whole organization. And that's why this season feels so disappointing. I mean, Alabama is the most talented team in the country. Will Anderson's going to be a top five draft pick. Bryce Young is probably going to be a top five pick. I mean, I just don't see many realities where that doesn't happen, depending on the status of Young's shoulder. But, you know, that's what Alabama has essentially burned because of what I can only quantify as rot within the program. I hate it. I wish it wasn't happening. But it is what it is, and you have to believe that Alabama's competitive character can shine through against Ole Miss because I'm going to be honest. I thought the matchup Alabama-Ole Miss was very Bama-favored just because of how Alabama can run the ball and Ole Miss's defense really, really struggles. But but I'm going to be honest. I have absolutely no idea what team is going to come out to play in Oxford because those guys – I, I, it's, it's some weeks they look wonderful, but if it's on the road, they look bad. And it's the little things, you know, you look at the box score, Alabama should have won that game. They won basically everywhere about the scoreboard, but how do you lose in that situation? You don't do the little things right consistently. And that's what we now have with this team. It's very frustrating. I know I'm frustrated. I like to believe that Nick Saban's frustrated and is going to do everything he can do to fix it. But you know, we're back to what I feel like we always say after a loss. Show me something, guys, because what you just put on – what products you put on the field, that ain't it. But, yeah, it's it's just awful, Drew. Yeah, I mean, it's like what I've said. This team reminds me of 2010. They won the national championship. They came back with the most talented team in the country. They started getting people hurt. Now, that's not really been what's happened this year, but they just didn't know how to defend a title. Uh, I think they – they were a little bit fat and happy, and they, they didn't focus until the end of the season. And when they got everybody healthy, and as Barrett Jones said, they decided to show everybody they were going to set the tone with the bowl game about what was going to happen the next year. And they did that by eviscerating Michigan State. Uh, and then uh, they ended up uh, winning the next two national championships. And so uh, that, you know, that wasn't really a reset by Nick Saban, so to speak, because the coordinators both came back, but that's the way this team reminds me of, because if you remember Thomas, uh, they lost to LSU uh, in a hard fought game on a reverse late, a big call by Les Miles that sealed it. Uh, you know, they lost it at South Carolina when they uh, had uh, escaped in some games early in the season. And then they came out like a house of fire against Auburn, but it petered out and they lost 28, 27. So, We'll see if Alabama, you know, does that against Ole Miss or, God forbid, Auburn. Uh, I will admit this. If they don't beat the Auburn Tigers, then I think Nick Saban needs to retire. Um, I just – and, of course, they're going to beat Austin P. no matter what. But, again, this team needs to finish out strong and finish out recruiting. Uh, if, if Saban can't get these guys motivated to finish it out, then maybe he is, maybe it is time for him to go to the lake and – and I'm not saying he, he needs to retire. I'm just saying that's up to him if he doesn't have that fire left. I still think he's got the fire and the, and the motivation to coach. Uh, but it's a, it's a valid question with how we've seen this team, uh, you know, underperform this year and especially on the road. And you continue to see the same issues with the discipline and the penalties 
and the turnovers and then just not being able to finish. I still think it's more of a coaching situation uh, and not talent. I agree with you. I know they don't have the explosive receivers that they've had, but Thomas, I think they've got good enough receivers. And part of it, and it was really infuriating for me last night, uh, after Alabama had that great opening drive where they mixed it, Bryce made a bad decision, no question. That was on him. But then they come back out, and B.O.B. won't even try to run the ball. He's trying to throw it like eight straight times. They're all incompletions. You're having to punt the ball back. And, again, I know you're backed up and probably not confident in the interior of the offensive line. But to me, you've got to do something. You've got to do some swing passes. You've got to, you know, maybe even try a reverse, get somebody, get uh, an end around, get somebody on the edge to make a play. Do something different. Put something different on film. Uh, I didn't think – I thought they just ran much of the same stuff. I guess the lack of creativity for Bill O'Brien is what's really gotten to me. I've been a defendant and defended him, and, and, you know, I think he's a a good OC, but he's not elite. He's certainly not Steve Sarkeesian. And the one thing that Sark I loved – now, the offensive line was better, I'll admit that, but Sark always stayed consistent with the run. He always fed Najee. He always tried to be balanced, and I just think Bill O'Brien – gets this offense way off kilter and off schedule because he relies too much on the quarterback and he calls it too much like an NFL game. I agree, Drew. I mean, how many how many easy passes were there? Now, some of that being easy or not is is tied to how LSU chose to defend Alabama. And it's not it's not all Bill O'Brien's fault. But I think the best way for me to, to back your point up is that this iteration of the, of the Alabama football team in many cases has won football games in spite of themselves, not because of themselves. And what I mean by that is, you know, even last night, before everything went completely south, Alabama, it takes – a 41-yard miracle play to get a touchdown for Alabama. I mean, that play doesn't work with 125 other quarterbacks in college football. It, it just it's it's that high level. But when your offense is Bryce Young do magic, that's not really sustainable. There's just been a lot of a lot of head scratching stuff, and at this point. You know, Bill O'Brien, thank you for your service. Um, go coach somewhere else. And on defense, you know, we, we I didn't specifically say this, but I, I, the, the fear point you made earlier is very cogent. You know, Alabama needs to be the more physical team. They're so talented. You know, it, it drives me crazy to think that the current staff would potentially ruin Jaheim Otis. I mean, Jaheim Otis is the real deal. And, I mean, it, it, I have no faith in that. I, I have no faith that this staff could pull what they needed to get out of him to turn him into a wrecking ball. So, you know, massively disappointed. Thank you for your service. You've made tons and tons of money. Go make tons and tons of money elsewhere. And... We'll see. I, I'm very much so like you. I think Nick Saban does want to leave on a higher note than where he is. 
And I, you know, Alabama should be back in the hunt. But one thing, if you, again, want to peek ahead just a little bit, no matter what happens this this Saturday in Oxford, this team is going to be in transition next year. There's a lot of top-end talent leaving the roster. We said it's starting this year. This would be a wonderful team. But next year, buckle up because the turn, the turnover will be pretty extensive. We'll see, but yeah, this this just ain't doing it anymore, Drew, and it's time to it if it ain't working, if it hadn't been really working for 2 years, it's time to try something else. That's that's where I am with it. Well, and if I hear one more person tell me that Scott Cocker needs to come back and they've lost the strength program, I'm going to throw up. That's complete bullshit. It's not the strength program. Everybody was satisfied with uh, David Ballou and Matt Ray when they won it all in 2020. Alabama played national championship last year uh, against Georgia. This year, they are not going to, but it's not because of the damn strength program. All this crap about we look small, we look this, we look that. Alabama's an impressive-looking physical football team. They're not being coached properly. So understand the game. It's about coaching. It's about the position coaches. They're not good enough. The defensive coordinator's not good enough. The offensive coordinator's not good enough. The inside linebacker's coach, who happens to be the defensive coordinator, is not good enough. The defensive line is a damn joke because Freddie Roach sucks. And, yes, he does. And you can go tell his family I said that. I don't give a damn because he's a big boy. He makes a, a lot of money, and he's a public figure. And so his ass needs to be called out. Those guys are the worst four-letter word in football. They're soft, period, end of story. And it's his fault because he can't coach a lick, okay? His ass needs to be gone, and he needs to be gone pronto. And then Nick Saban made a tactical, stupid-ass error, and yes, he makes $11 million a year, so he needs to be criticized, too. If Sal Sanceri did not want to come off the field, there's no way he should have. He should be coaching those guys, and they were unbelievable last year. Dallas Turner, Drew Sanders, when he was in there, Will Anderson, and now Coleman Hutzler, who's a damn joke, has coached all the aggression out of him. So Nick Saban's got to fix this, or either he needs to retire, and I think he'll fix it. Because if he's the competitor, I think, and I don't think he's – everybody's talking about he looks exhausted. He doesn't look exhausted. His energy level is still the same. This is not the first time that he's made bad hires. He made some bad hires and elevated some people in 2018 – and Alabama didn't get exposed till Clemson whipped their ass in the national championship game, okay? And then Alabama didn't win it in 2019. Uh, and then he finally got everything set uh, by 2020. But guess what? Pete Golding has run his course. His ass has got to go, and you've got to make some changes. It's some very hard decisions that have to be made. And if they're not made, then your program is going to continue to slide. But if you want to stay among the elite, and you've got to feed the beast. And he's been the best ever at doing it. But right now, your pro- your protege, Kirby Smart, has the best program in the country. They're number one. They should be. They may win back-to-back national championships. And if you want to be able to match up with them, and you just beat them less than a year ago. But right now, I don't think it would be a game because I think Alabama has lost their edge. If you want to get your edge back, you've got to make the, you've got to make the needed staff changes. And then you've got to get out there and recruit both the portal and finish off this recruiting class with high school players and start getting the most out of them because it sure as hell hasn't been happening with this group. And I think this group's leadership is better than a year ago. I think they did have some guys that weren't leaders, but they also don't have any dogs. And what I mean by dogs 
They don't have a, a Fedarian Mathis. They don't have a Jamison Williams. They don't have a John Mechie who are going to go out there and kick ass or a Brian Robinson who waited for his turn to be a great player. Or even, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, an elite left tackle, they don't have an elite left tackle anymore. Uh, is Evan Neal's gone? So again, They've got to go back out and get some dogs and get some great players and get back to the Bama standard. Otherwise, you're not going to have it. So, again, I'm just saying that Alabama's got to go back to their core and get back to kicking ass and stop being soft. Uh, well said. I mean, you, the the identity of a team shouldn't ha- shouldn't have – it should not take a loss in the middle of the season to crystallize the identity of a team. Now, you can. It should have been coming along even from summer workouts. This team has been Jekyll and Hyde. It's been inconsistent. It's been a headache. And I again, as a fan, you just have to hope that Nick Saban can punch the right buttons and pull the right levers. He's done it in the past. And yes, I mean he did make. He is not the best hiring person ever. He's had wonderful staffs. He's had staffs that had some dysfunction. That's just sort of the nature of the beast in a large organization. But, you know, talking about the rest of this season, Drew, I, some of the stuff that really I, I, I'm concerned about is, you know, looking back, Alabama's two plays from five and four. Now, I realize they're also like three plays from, uh, what, nine and oh. So that's the nature of football. But, you know, that's a scary spot to be in when you have this much talent. So who's going to show up against Ole Miss? I, I, I truly don't know. You know that Lane Kiffin would love nothing more than to beat Nick Saban. And, you know, if, if that were to happen, suddenly you're talking about Alabama going to, like, SEC 4 or 5 Bowl because if LSU makes the SEC championship, I think Georgia's going to annihilate them. So that could theoretically bump Alabama up assuming they beat Ole Miss. But if Ole Miss beats Alabama, then they're decisively behind whoever the SEC champion is, probably Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, and Ole Miss. You're talking, at best, SEC 5. Now, SEC 3 could potentially get the Sugar Bowl, but SEC 5 is not going to get there. And... You know, talk about humbling yourself. Talk about being humbled. You know, you're going to play not even New Year's Day in, in some cases. So we'll see. I, I mean, this this team has their goals. You know, Nick Saban talked about the 10-win goal, and you did too. I mean, okay, cool. It, it's show me progress. That's what you always want to see. And if Alabama comes out flat against Ole Miss, buckle up. Because I think Alabama can beat Auburn, but that game can suddenly gain some pucker factor just because it's a big rivalry game. If Alabama plays to their talent, there are four or five touchdowns better than Auburn on any given day. But, I mean, this team is so variable that it's hard to really pin down what you're going to get. I haven't looked at the line for Ole Miss, but... I can tell you, if Alabama's favored, they ain't covering. This is another one of those games that's going to come down to one or two plays because this team refuses to just decapitate an opponent. It just it's, it's like against the rules this year. And that's really frustrating. 
And, and I know we, the podcast has taken a very negative bent in terms of how we're approaching this, but this season, the expectation was national title given the talent. That is, it's not, it's the first weekend in November, and that is deader than dead. That's jarring. And, you know, it, it should not have happened. So we'll see, Drew. But, you know, what are you feeling about this old Miss game? Like, what, how do you feel looking at that just, you know, a week out? Well, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know really what to think. I don't know which team's going to show up. I think Alabama's the much better team because I think Ole Miss is a lot worse football team than LSU. I mean, I watched that game. And certainly Ole Miss got off to a really good start, but then LSU outscored them 42 to three. Um, I don't think they're nearly as good as LSU on defense. I think Alabama should score, I don't know, 45 on those guys if they execute properly. But the thing is, are they going to be able to get stops on defense? Are they going to be able to stop the run? Uh, Any other time I would say they would contain the run well enough to beat Ole Miss. Uh, but this is a really good running team, and they they don't have the quarterback. I mean, uh, look, Jackson Dart's not as good as Jaden Daniels. He's certainly not as mobile. Now, he has mobility, but he doesn't have the explosiveness of Jaden Daniels, uh, and I don't even think he's as good a passer as Jaden Daniels. So if Alabama can get some pressure on him, I think they'll sack him. I think, And they sacked Jaden Daniels a lot last night. Um, I think that this Alabama team should win this game. Um, I <laughs> But if I had to pick it, you know, right now I would probably pick Alabama to win something like 37 to 35 or something like that, or 38 to 31, 38 to 34, somewhere in that range, because I don't have any faith in the defense to get enough stops to pull away and win impressively. Now, they did do that last year in Tuscaloosa, but this is a road game. And this defense seems to be regressing and not progressing. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Uh, I'll just say this. I I like Alabama, um, you know, and uh, and I I think Alabama is going to find a way to win, uh, you know. And I guess it's just me thinking that this team will – they're not going to fly up to their potential, so to say, but I just think they're going to be able to find a way to escape and get a win and and keep uh, Ole Miss from any hopes of the SEC championship, uh, you know. And the interesting part is, I was just checking it, Alabama's an 11-point favorite, Thomas. Pretty pretty amazing. But I would definitely uh, take the points. I don't think Alabama will cover 11 points. I think it'll be less than that. I'm, I'm almost along your wavelength. I think it's going to be a situation where Bryce may have to lead a drive to score late and get Alabama a win. Or for once, uh, Alabama's soft ass is going to have to, you know, make a play. I thought they would, uh, you know, I was hoping against Hope they would make a play last night when they had five leads in the fourth quarter against LSU that Will Anderson, who's supposed to be Derek Thomas, would finally, uh, you know, break through with a pass rush and get a strip sack and kind of steal the game and make a play. But much like we saw against uh, Tennessee, they didn't do it. They had the scoop and score against Tennessee and then the interception that would have sealed it, in my opinion. Now, that was taken from them by the officials. But I will say, when you go back and look at the core of even that Tennessee game, they gave up 180 yards rushing and they didn't run the ball well enough in the fourth quarter. And they and then and even when they had a chance to overcome it, 
they they uh, Jameer Gibbs drops a pass, probably would have been a touchdown, and then Will Reichert and Will deserves the least amount of blame because a 50-yard kick is tough, but Will Reichert couldn't make a 50-yard kick. And Will was really good last night. He gave them everything he had. And to be honest with you, the only bright spots on this football team this year, Thomas Watts, are Bryce Young, Jameer Gibbs, and Will Reichert. The rest of this team, and the improvement from James Burnup, who hasn't gotten enough credit. Burnup is not a bad punter. He averaged 50 last night. And I don't give a damn if they had to roll. They still rolled. He did his job. But, see, Alabama has not had any consistency defensively from anyone on that football team. And, again, they haven't done uh, – except for probably Kool-Aid McKinstry. Kool-Aid would be my only guy because he seems to do a great job covering, and he's done a great job returning. But I'll say this. Everybody else on that defensive football team has not played up to their capabilities. It's why Alabama hasn't won. Because I'm telling you right now, when you score 31 points on the road and when you score 49, your fucking defense better do their job and win the football game. And they haven't because he's got a bunch of deadbeats on that coaching staff who couldn't coach their way out of a fucking sandbox. Yeah. I mean, the five stat, the five lead stat is damning. Um, and you know, there's 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 not, there's not much else to say with that. Alabama did not; they they had chances, and they consistently threw up all over themselves. It's frustrating. It's annoying. It's just it's yeah, and and we'll see. Um, I, I looked it up, and to get the, to get that line eleven. Uh, I think Alabama is decisive, much more decisively better from a pure talent standpoint than Ole Miss, even compared to LSU. But Alabama's not going to be able to just go out on the field and because they have, you know, an A on their chest, win this football game. So, you know, batting down, it's it's going to get, it's going to be a heartbreak hotel, or not heartbreak hotel, that's not fair, heartburn hotel this next weekend. And we'll see. Um, honestly, Drew, the big thing that for me is almost marking time to see what changes are in the offing because this season I'll cheer for the team. I'll watch the games. We're still going to have BAMS radio. We're still going to talk about what we see, the product on the field and recruiting. And, heck, the basketball team's supposed to be really good, so we'll probably do some shows during basketball season. But – you know, at the same time, we are kind of marking time until the end of the regular college football season to see who goes where, when, how, why. And that'll be pretty telling. Generally, by about New Year's, we'll have an idea of who's going, who's staying, who's going where, and how we feel about it. I, again, have to believe that Nick Saban will do everything he can do to right the ship. And we'll be back excited about it this time next year. But, man, this season has just turned absolutely upside down. But what was your final Ole Miss score? I'm sorry. Well, I mean, as I said, it's going to be under the number. And, again, uh, to our listeners, if I offended anybody when they listen to the show, I apologize for my language. But I just feel like you need to tell the truth. Uh, I do get emotional because I'm invested in it. Uh, I love Alabama football. I don't ever root against them. Uh, I, you know, I've got someone in my Facebook group that is actually saying he's going to root for Ole Miss, which is complete garbage. 
uh, because he claims that uh, he wants to make sure everything's reset. If he doesn't think Nick Saban's already going to reset this, he needs to give himself a lobotomy, and he knows who he is. And if he listens to this, I don't care. Uh, but again, I think that's ridiculous. I'm never rooting against these players. I never have. They've worked hard and they bust their tail. I don't really blame the players at all. I blame Nick Saban and the coaching staff because he hired these guys and this coaching staff is not good enough, period, end of story. And that's the bottom line. Uh, you know, and again, they're good enough for Alabama to be a, a really good football team and be among the top 15 to 20 in the country. But guess what? Unfortunately, that's not the standard that Nick Saban has set. Nick Saban has set the standard for winning SEC championships, Western Division championships before that, and then going on to the playoff and contending and winning a national championship. That's what the goal is. The goal is not to go to Nashville, to the Music City Bowl. The goal is not to go to the Capital One Bowl or the Citrus Bowl or the Cotton Bowl or any of that. The goal is to be amongst the elite teams in the country, and Alabama is not among the elite teams in the country this year. And I think it's a huge underachievement. And so that's why things need to be reset. I don't regret Pete Golding coming to Alabama, but he's had his time in the sun, and he needs to go somewhere else. Uh, you know, Bill O'Brien was trying to reset his career after, uh, you know, he, he it, it ran aground with the Texans. He's put in two good years at Alabama. He needs to move on. Freddie Rose is just in over his head. You know, it needs to say South Alabama on his business card and not Alabama. Uh, and I think Coleman Hutzler, it would be fine if he stayed on to be special teams coach because you need someone to run that, that you know, that third, uh, you know, uh, as far as uh, phase of the football team. But he does not need to be an outside linebackers coach because they have not progressed at all. And there's too much talent in that room right now. I think it's the most talented room probably on the team and just not producing. So I just try to tell everyone the truth. Again, I apologize for my language getting colorful. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm just going to tell you guys what I really believe. and I'm not afraid of it. Uh, these coaches make a lot of money. Uh, they are public figures. So you're going to have to take some heat. Uh, and, again, uh, that's just the way it is. And that's why I'm always going to be when I – tell you about Alabama football or Alabama athletics. I've never been a, a shy to go on a radio show uh, and say and tell the truth. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be uh, others that cover other teams that are propagandists that try to tell you all as well. And they won't call anyone out because they're worried about, you know, offending somebody. And I think Alabama is going to win. I think it's going to be very close. If you wanted me to go with what my gut tells me, Thomas, I'd probably go with a late touchdown pass from Bryce Young and Alabama, you know, uh, beats uh, the, the uh, Ole Miss Rebels, something like uh, 38 to 31 is what I would say, but it would definitely be under the number. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, we're on a similar wavelength. Um, I don't think the score will get quite that out of hand in terms of total points. Uh, give me 31-27. I think Alabama, it's, it, if you take the frustrating parts of the season that we've been talking about, the frustrating parts of the team out, it is not a great matchup for Ole Miss. Uh, if Alabama is able to run effectively, which, I mean, I think that's a, a possibility, Alabama could play like an old-school ball control, and that would, you know, that would definitely hold the scoring down. But – 
you know, we're going to know how this game goes within the first couple of series. If Ole Miss is able to get a, you know, a, an early score or start having success on the ground, like if, if we're looking at statistics after the first quarter and Ole Miss is, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 rushing yards in a quarter, buckle up because it could get crazy quick. But we'll see, Drew. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's why they play the games and we just talk about them, I suppose. But uh, why don't you get us out of here? Yeah, absolutely. And again, Alabama will be playing Longwood on Monday in their first real basketball game. You know, they did take the court uh, several days ago against Southern Illinois and won 73-64 in exhibition action over at Foster Auditorium. Uh, They didn't have Charles Bediaco. He should be back, if not for Longwood, soon. Uh, They don't have Javon Quinterly yet. They didn't shoot at least particularly well, 3 of 22 from 3, and were up by, you know, 21, 22 points with under five minutes to go, kind of let their foot off the gas and let uh, Southern Illinois outscore them 12 to nothing to make it closer. But they really controlled that game. Nick Pringle had 10 and 8. He showed a lot of energy off the bench, and he's going to be big with Bediaco being slowed down. Noah Gurley was much better. I mean, Noah, uh, you know, seemed much more comfortable. He had 12. The freakazoid Brandon Miller led with 14, uh, even though he didn't shoot it well. Mark Sears was solid. I still think this has a chance to be a very deep team, a really good team. Uh, and looking forward to watching them, no doubt about it. And certainly hope Alabama can finish out this season strong with these young men. Uh, they put in a lot of work. Hopefully they can bounce back. Hopefully their coaches will give them a good plan uh, to where they can uh, win the, the last three football games. Because to me, this is on the coaches. They've got to be able to uh, motivate these players, get them ready to play. And, you know, it's a different era with NIL, I know. But, I, you know, I've already had people asking me, would Bryce Young take the rest of the season off? I don't think so. You don't do that to your teammates. Now, do I think that he would, uh, you know, play in the bowl game since it's not in the playoff? Probably not. And I totally understand that with the way the, the climate is. But Bryce needs to put some good tape together, prove he's healthy, and play well down the stretch. So hopefully his last three games in an Alabama uniform – will be outstanding ones, uh, you know, against Ole Miss, against Austin P, against Auburn, and that Alabama can go to, uh, you know, a, probably a big six bowl if they can get that win over Ole Miss and get the other two. And then if they do that, I would think Bryce would probably de- just decide to start preparing for the draft. And it would be a, a situation where I would probably play both quarterbacks. I would play, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, Jalen Milrow, and then I would play Ty Simpson. I'd love to see Ty play with this offense. Uh, you know, who knows if Bill O'Brien will still be there. You might see somebody else calling the plays. We will see. Uh, they might have to make some staff adjustments if Bill leaves. Uh, and if he doesn't still, I mean, I still think it would be his last game in the bowl coaching this offense. So I just want to see how this team finishes out and see if they can finish with a top 10 ranking and finish second in the SEC West to LSU. And, I give kudos to LSU in the way they played. They played outstanding, and they took it to Alabama physically, and they won the game. And hopefully this next reset coming, Nick Saban can take it into the last third of his career and finish the the greatest one we've ever seen strong and have a chance to win some more championships. I still think he's got it in him, but we're all going to start, and we'll find out a lot of answers to questions coming up uh, you know, on Saturday in Oxford, Mississippi. But for everybody that's listening, we, we continue to appreciate you supporting BAMS Radio. Uh, for my compatriots, 
uh, William Redfish Barger, Four Thomas, the Wizard Watts. I'm Drudy Armand. Good night, everybody, and uh, roll tide.